call that nigga. She's Brandon. gorgeous, buddy. What are you talking about? You're a fucking coward. That's what you are. She was bad, no, not, This bitch on swole, man. I'm just... <laughs> I didn't say nothing but fact. She was hella soft. She like break her roof by the But she got me because when I first seen her face, I'm like, man, I'll take her down. We on. I want to give a shout out to at Jim Freak Gen 1. You're beautiful, baby. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you to think I dislike you. You know, we could be friends. If you put on the right glove, I'll let you give me a hand job. It's got to be a glove that softened the blow, though. It can't be. Craig don't want to get in the pudding, the motherfucking headlock. Yeah, she's yeah. in person. Nigga. It's got to be a padded glove, nigga, with a, with a cum release. So when I come and make her let my shit go, nigga, she might that's, make. That's the safe word. <laughs> cum release, nigga, what? She might shoot me back in me if I let her keep a grip. <laughs> She on swole, man. She's beautiful, though. But a lot of them, a couple of them real buff niggas got on my head. I just want to let y'all know this ain't beef. I'm a comedian. Linguistics, comedy is words. Words are my art, man. So don't think that it's personal. I talk about myself every day, all day. You know what I'm saying? I I don't think I'm the shit. I got issues, niggas. So don't think I'm out here judging. If I see something that makes me laugh a little bit on the inside, I'm going to bring it up. You know what I'm saying? I read an article today. Y'all see that uh, that that Dennis Rodman article? Mm-hmm. He was talking about how he used to smash chicks on the on on the floor of uh, what, what's the uh, stadium they play in in, in Chicago? Uh, the United Center. He used to smash chicks on the on the floor of the United Center, like on the basketball court. I believe it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I believe it. Too. And I thought that was amazing, bro. And, and and it just made me think, man. I think there needs to be a new classification of of, uh, of a woman's status in this country, because right now we have single and we have married, right? But I think prostitute needs to be a status. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Because mm. because normal deep. women who are classified as either single or married, they want respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the number one things they want, but a prostitute wants money. Mm. Yeah. And any woman that'll do anything for money, including getting smashed on a basketball court, <laughs> is not like all the other women. When I say the word bitch, these are the type of bitches I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, this chick is married to the game, nigga. If she had a baby, if she, if, she, if she went into labor, she'd be having a ball, nigga. Oh, man. <laughs> She's married to the game. Did you hear it? You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. You know what I mean? When you go on a date with this bitch, a referee should be present, nigga. So, yeah. so if you if you if you do something foul, like tell a bitch that's married to the game, you love her, nigga. They could call a technical on you, like this, this bitch. Is, One more this bitch here, is buddy. in uniform, nigga. What are you doing? One more, and you're out of here, buddy. Some of these chicks are married to the game, and it's nothing wrong with that. But in life, we have classifications. So people can know, because look, you don't get a chance to get to know everybody on a personal level. Mm-hmm. So when a motherfucker tells you what they do, that's a symbolism. If I'm a pilot, or if I'm a police officer, or a firefighter, or a lawyer, that's symbolism that's supposed to give me a summary just off the title of what you what you do, um, of who you are and what you stand for. Because you can't give everybody the whole rundown, so your title won't give them the rundown. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? So we need that prostitute classification so some of these square niggas can yeah. stop fucking the game up. That's all they doing. They fucking the game up, man. So my question to y'all is this. 
How can how can we teach regular everyday men to tell the difference between a regular woman, single or married, as her status, and a hoe? Because a lot of people think hoes mm. are walking up and down the street. You know what I'm saying? They think mm. it's obvious. You know what yeah. I'm saying? How can we teach these young brothers to find out the difference between a hoe and, and a regular woman? Yeah. The lines got blurred through Instagram, man. I'm telling you, this is a whole lot more difficult because they they be like, oh, I'm a nurse and it'd be true. Yeah, right, right. But that trip to Miami. (laughs) (laughs) She's a nurse hole now. (laughs) So it's it's tough. Right, right. Ah, How do you you figure it out? How do you figure out the difference, those, between a, a regular everyday woman and a woman that should be classified as a prostitute? I mean... It's pretty much if, if, if she, the way she acts, how I spend money, the way she, her her reaction to how I spend my money, mm. you know that, that 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 can show me something. If you like, let's say if I take you out, now I might I might order something expensive or whatever. You over here, you know, being giddy and ordering. Oh, I'm just show you, you got it like that. Right, right, you know, right. Just your, like just if you can't, it's it's a certain thing, certain some certain shit she gonna do or say that's gonna let me. Oh, this motherfucker's she in my pockets. Let me let me go over here. Yeah, let me let me let me head out. So I'm not dealing with no prostitutes. I'm yeah. telling you that right now. Well, I'm gonna give you one hundred. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Now you just gotta stop thinking with your dick too, man. Like you know what I'm saying. That's what's gonna get you in trouble first and foremost. Cause you're not gonna look at nothing else. You right. gonna look at some ass, some titties. Yeah. You got a pretty face. Oh, she wanna talk to me. That's a lot of. That's ninety percent of the shit. Niggas right. be embarrassed to talk to pretty women. So when they do say something, nigga, whatever I gotta do to keep her. So that's what a, oh, I need eighty dollars. What I'm saying. So they not gonna look at it like that. You know, you know what I mean? They're not looking at it like, oh, well, she's a hoe. Like, oh, she just needs something, my nigga. It's not right. right. I know her. She's she just going through something. Her right, bills right. just keep, they just keep coming up. You know it's what I'm a way that you ask me for that $80 or this last, like, I just met you yesterday. All of a sudden, damn, I ain't doing, I'm doing too bad. I, I need to pay for it. Yeah. If right. you never met me, you still would have had that problem. So Right. Yeah, yeah. You ain't had no eighty dollars. Okay. If you ain't got a solution for an eighty dollar problem, ladies, you don't need to be fucking. You don't need to be fucking me. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm gonna leave you out there for that eighty. I'm gonna tell you that right now. How can you tell the difference between a woman that's a, a regular woman and a prostitute? One way is uh, a manly woman drops her kids off at school every day. <laughs> Manly woman? What do you mean by manly woman? Man? Manly well, woman. A, a lot no of deep. times, women Pause. will date women, manly mm-hmm. women, because they they want to get a uterus a break. Okay. They're tired <laughs> of fucking and getting pregnant. Okay. So they'll go on a two or three year pussy hiatus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This a pussy halftime, so they can so they can so they can still nut, so the pussy can be tended to, um, but not have the responsibility of falling under the tutelage of a man. You feel me? Because with a woman, another woman, I'm not saying in every case, because I know some stomp down studs. I know some studs that got knuckles like niggas. You feel what I'm saying? But in most cases, a lesbian relationship is like just two partners fucking. It ain't really no accountability. (laughs) 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 You know what I'm saying? It ain't really no accountability. But it's consequences when they fuck a man. Like, you know, you can get pregnant. Yeah, yeah, I got you. It's, you know, it's a higher gravity situation in some cases. Not all. I know I sound it ignorant. Seems nah, like nah, some nah, accountability, you know? though. That happens. That's, that's real you know. shit, though. Like, hey, it? Dunk, real quick. A nigga said Brandon built like a sandbag. That's <laughs> <fucking>. <laughs> bro, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> I couldn't hold it in, bro. That's, that's just hilarious. Funny. It's a sandbag. That's what's up, man. Said, man, hit, hit us with the, uh, the greeting for Dozy, B. Hey, man. Well, who's the guy next to me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
First of all, and he can't hit you with a green. He came in after those. I wish that nigga would say something about those. Yeah, who the fuck is this? Man, that's the homie. <laughs> who is he? We about to get to it in a minute, man. Oh, I He's, thought he was just letting niggas in. And nah. Yeah, nah Brandon is always wary of niggas that he didn't pick. He think he the only motherfucker that know how to make friends and shit. Nigga, I'm five years older, nigga. I know what I'm doing with a couple man, friends. Man, for real, nigga. I've been making friends since 19. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My first friend was 85. <laughs> when you were three, four? I, I, my first friend that I remember is like 85, 86. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's Derek. Derek, he's been on the show. That was my first friend. I met him in church, man. Mm. What's up, big bro? Love you, man. You a preacher? Nah, nah, nah. But you know, church. No, it was it was it was a non-denominational church where they where they be speaking that bone thugs and harmony when they feel the spirit. Hey, but real quick, hey, real quick, bro, Dozy is here, y'all. Che 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 Buqueno, man. Hey, yeah. So Brandon, before you met your lovely wife, man, um, and and you picked a winner. How were you able to tell the difference between a woman? That is a good everyday woman who can classify as either single or married and a woman that's a prostitute. Because what I'm saying is there should be another classification status for women. We have single, married, but I think prostitute needs to be a, a classification. Mm. How were you able to tell the difference? Well, I mean, I, I put it back to myself as what I'm more willing to do with the person. Right. Is basically the, the energy I'm putting out. So if it if it's like bitches, is, you know, niggas is fucking with hoes, you're going to get a, a different character. Yeah. Than what I'll, you know what I'm saying? Like, then, then what I would give somebody that I care about, that I like, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes off of the person's character now. So, if her character was, if I'm like willing to, you know, show a different side of me, whatever, and then you over here just wanting to get some money or something like that, then right. we got, we got, we have an issue. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, the, the energy got, the energy has to meet, but you'll get a different demeanor from me. And then what I hope is that the other person, the, the other person would have to have a different demeanor as well. Because you, if you're still on that same type of time, like, oh, you're going to think you can rook me. Right. Like, yeah. oh, and I'm about to, this nigga about to give me X, Y, Z. You ain't going to get that. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason for the classification is so there's no deception. Yeah. But that classification has to be an addition. Because okay. just because you married. Don't mean you're, don't not, a mean you're not a prostitute. That is true. Okay, well, that is okay true. so that's where we need a code. We've been talking about brothers breaking the code because there's a lot of conscious black folks out here that are always talking about us code breaking. But we don't really have a written code. So I feel like we need to have a code that says exactly what a prostitute is and the addendums to that, what they could be in addition. Because mm-hmm. right now, if we go on street. Code a prostitute is technically a woman that is selling pussy in exchange for finances, yeah. mm-hmm. or a woman that is using deceit through her pussy or in conjunction with her pussy to get what she wants from a man. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because personally, I feel like the amount of sex don't make you a prostitute or a hoe, even though a hoe and a prostitute is two different things. <laughs> it's 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 the deception. Yeah. If you, you what's, know what's the difference? Well, a prostitute uses deceit. A pimp teaches a prostitute that, hey, when you go in and you fucking with a, a trick, you know, grab everything that ain't tied down. And mm-hmm. whatever you got to tell a motherfucker to get a few dollars out of them, go ahead and do that. Because mm-hmm. we here for the bread. Everything else is secondary. Mm-hmm. And if you can get what you can't from them without fucking, then do that. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Because it's, it's a lot of motherfuckers weird that's picking up prostitutes and not even fucking them. They just talking to them. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it's like they don't want to go to therapy. Right, right, so right. And plus, you mean, the prostitute. They, and they know who, you know that's a prostitute. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. And the prostitute is, oh, you're, you're picking her up for that reason. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There is no really like hiding who she is, but. A promiscuous woman, the difference between a prostitute and a promiscuous woman is that a promiscuous woman, is, she just likes to have a lot of sex. It ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not a negative thing. That's a, you know, if her mind is in the right space and she's making a conscious decision that is not derived from pain, like pain and hurt, like being molested or trying to get back at somebody, yeah, yeah. she's just fucking because she likes to fuck. Like to yeah, fuck. She, she ain't clean. no prostitute. She's just yeah, a woman clean. that loves sex. Sexually so empowered. Yeah. woman would be the hope. Promiscuous woman would just be a, a just. A, I wouldn't even call her a hoe because that would be disrespectful. Because I, I'm, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, I'm on the receiving end of a lot of hoes. Yeah, I get yeah. blessed a lot with pussy, and I appreciate it. <laughs> so I don't want a woman that's. If you fucking a lot of niggas and you thinking about fucking me, I'm not talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't the one we talking. About. <laughs> I'm talking to the woman that would tell me. I want to classify the women that would tell a man whatever they have to tell them mm. to get whatever they want from you. A woman that you can't even turn your back on man. because yeah. she might grab everything that ain't tied down. Man. Those are the women I feel like need to classify into the category of prostitute. Women that yeah. fake pregnant and get the $500 for the abortion. <laughs> prostitute. Get a bag or prostitute. something. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Because yeah. we could both game. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. I know you're a prostitute and we doing business... Now I can put you on my taxes, bitch, yeah. and you can put me on yours. <laughs> Square yeah. business. You could be an expense. You know what I'm saying? I could yeah. be an expense. Why we got to do the same Europeanized version of the relationship complex? Why can't we just remold that into to, 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 to something closer to, to what it is? Because yeah. now I can't be mad if I see those fucking the business. This business is at work. Yeah. I don't want to bother her while she's yeah. at work. Don't yeah. fucking it. Like you're always going to be with that you're shit. Like, hey, hey. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. I, 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 you, on your lunch. On your lunch. <laughs> on your lunch. I'll if we have laws, it's supposed to make shit simpler. Yeah. The law is supposed to make things simple. That's what it's there for. You know what I'm saying? Now, people's interpretation of the law. That's different. And that's what we're going to get into in this next segment, man. I have an esteemed guest, and I know Brandon is going to love this dude once he figures out who he is. <laughs> man, please introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are, man. Uh, thank you. First of all, thank, uh, thanks, Craig, for having me on the show. You it's know, it's, love, um, it's a pleasure to be here. I am Jaya Personlin. I'm an abolitionist who makes a living as an attorney, specifically criminal defense. Um, and I'm born and raised in Southern California, HBCU graduated, shout out to Hampton University and Howard University School of Law. Came back home to serve my community, and um, that's what I do. And I'm here today to talk about <clears throat> the circumstances that led to me currently being on probation. Okay, we're going to cut mm. that. Let's go to the tape. I want y'all to take a look at this tape, man. This is very important. Very important, man. We'll be. Can, can you put it here? Uh, we can't get the show right? Nah, let me, I'll give you my phone so you can look at okay. it. Okay. You remember this case, B, because we talked about it extensively. Yeah, I, wanna, I, wanna, I definitely want to see it. We can't get the phone. It's, it's a, you can go live here. Oh, you got some gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me use the bathroom. I got two in. That's crazy. I, I just saw this. You got a right I'm, I'm with, I see it now. Hey, you can't dress a certain way. Yeah. Oh, why would you put 
y'all smash that like button man so look man a lot of times people think you know because i go to school i get educated i do the right thing that that things are gonna be fair and work out for me because i'm a good person and i'm doing right and and i'm and i'm just living and you know just living and you know going to church and all that stuff they think that doing the right thing is enough in life how did this situation change your perspective? And you, let's go. Let, first of all, let's go. What before you got to court? What were you expecting from court? Were you ex, were you expecting to be disrespected that day? No, not at all. I mean, I know the possibility of disrespect is always out there. I'm a descendant of enslaved Africans in the United States of America, so you know the foundation of this nation. The, the founding document is the Declaration of Independence, even before the Constitution. Right. And in that document, the, the main person credited for writing it held hundreds of our ancestors as sl in, enslaving them while he wrote, all men are created equal. Thomas and, Jefferson. Yes, Thank endowed you. with certain inalienable rights, amongst right. them life, liberty, and uh, property. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, 
in that statement, most people gloss over it, but this situation and others is what let me know what that meant. When you said all men are created equal while holding my ancestors as slaves, you're saying I'm not a man. I'm not a human being. Well, let's go into that because in the law it also stated that we are three-fifths of a human. Yeah, that was a constant. And that's just in case the declaration wasn't enough. Right. Then a few, because that was 1776. Right, so the Constitution right. wasn't ratified by the last state until like 1783 or something. So a few years later, they had to take some time to figure it all out and everybody agree on it. But the agreement was that, okay, these they're three-fifths of persons. Right. And I, I argue today that's about the amount of rights we actually have. I would we agree. We have about three-fifths of the rights. Like we're supposed to... Uh, have a right against unreasonable search and seizure. But as you saw in the video, whenever an officer grabs you, you're seized. Right. Right. So I'm, I got seized unreasonably because he didn't believe I was who I had already told him I was. Right. Didn't care to ask. Uh, we don't have the time to really break down the video, but before he pushes me, I reach in my right back pocket because that's where I keep my wallet with my bar card. And um, I was going to show them because I've been disbelieved before, right. but no one has gotten violent with me. Right, right. Uh, and so when he got violent, that threw me off in the moment. And, you know, looking back hindsight, maybe after he got violent, I should have just pulled out the bar card. Hey, I'm an right. attorney. But in that situation, I, I was, you know, discombobulated. I was in a state of disbelief to right. a certain degree. Oh, yeah. Um, I won't be anymore. You know, right. now I, I know my true status in this nation. Um, but One second, three yeah. three things to my watchers. So I want to dumb this down because I know it's a motherfucker out there thinking inalienable. They had UFOs in <laughs> Thomas Jefferson time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. nigga's not talking about Martians. Yeah. Yeah. Inalienable rights are supposed to be a right that you have that no one can alienate you from. It's mm -hmm. supposed to be attached to you as a person, and it's basically supposed to be, you know what I'm saying, leverage. I'm an American citizen, and I have inalienable rights. But what we're outlining today is how that is not fact. At all. No. You feel well, it is fact for those that it's for. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. right. Protestant white males. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to realize. And so that's what it, it boiled down to that day. Um, <clears throat> And I was there. I did not have a case on calendar. The San Bernardino uh, District Attorney's Office doesn't give initial discovery like police reports and whatnot at the arraignment. One, one second, too. San Bernardino County is also the county where a rogue shooter shot his way into a, a, a public building, mm -hmm. killed several people. What was this, about three, four three years, years ago? ago? Three years ago. Right, so it's the same. It's, that's the, that's the same county. But go ahead. Yeah, it's also the same county where officers were seen on video. They pursuing a guy on a horse. They ran up to him and kicked his face like they were doing a kickoff in a football right, game. Right, right, right. And those officers uh, ultimately got like a misdemeanor right. um, battery charge, and you know can still be police officers. It's also the Section Eight capital of the world. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Fubu jersey sales at an all-time <laughs> high <laughs> in San Bernardino. Man, <laughs> fat farm jackets with the you know, baby <laughs> fat jackets with the fur. All of that. <laughs> yeah. All of that. Charlie, Charlie, right now. Charlie, Charlie, throwing away all his Fubu jerseys, nigga. He at home watching this, throwing away all his Fubu jerseys. Yeah, San Bernardino is like 
I'm trying to figure out in other states, cities that are comparable to San, uh, San Bernardino. So like uh, Muskegon, Muskegon, uh, <laughs> uh, East East St. Louis, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a city like that. Spartanburg, it's, you know, it, and yeah. it, it, it's it's nothing to play with. The yeah. brothers, yeah. you know, those... California is a city where everybody from all over who's trying to find cheaper rent, this is like where they land. So it's killers and. All mm-hmm. types of dysfunctional shit happened in the San Bernardino. A few snitches. A few snitches. LA. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Go the demographic there. to yeah. set the tone is a little bit different. So the policing, even though most policing is racist, in San Bernardino, they're dealing with a different type of demographic. I say the word again. So they wouldn't be used to a brother coming in qualified yeah. and being a lawyer. They're used yeah. to seeing brothers... In chains, yeah, and yeah. getting locked up. So go ahead, okay. Yeah, and they have um, and and see the thing is, uh, I was going to pick up Discovery. I did go pick up the Discovery. Met with my client, and then uh, I was asking about the process of changing a date in hopes that I wouldn't have to, because the date got set at the initial arraignment, and I was hoping I wouldn't have to come back or send somebody to change that next date. Uh, and so that's all I was asking about. And when I ultimately did it, it, it took about three minutes to get done. Now, that's why I was not dressed. I wasn't. I left the the my home that day. I called the court and said, "Hey, how do I do this?" They said, "Well, you need to go to the clerk's office." So I had no expectation of being inside of a courtroom that day. It's always a possibility, but I had no expectation. And when attorneys like myself don't go to court we're typically not in suits. That's just, and you know, I earned the right, or at least I thought I did, to dress how I want to dress. Yeah. And what I had on, it was an African print shirt. It had dashiki print, um, handmade from the finest West African cottons in the Gambia. Uh, some red pants and some camouflage, like moccasin style shoes. Um, and so when I went to the clerk's office, they sent me to the courtroom. I go in the courtroom, get a call as I'm walking in. The initial bailiff doesn't stop me. The guy walks up, and there's no audio on this, but he says, hey, do I know you? I say, nah, but I'm here to talk to the clerk about one of my cases. He says, well, you got to go back there. I ask why. He says, because you're not an attorney. I say, well, I am an attorney. Then he says, well, you need to talk to her. That's when you see me go right. turn and talk to the bailiff, right. which, you know, so I'm, I'm complying, right? <laughs> right. Um, she says, before I say anything, she says, sir, you see that bar? Only attorneys can pass that bar. Say, I am an attorney. We have back and forth telling me if I don't have a case on calendar, I need to go to the clerk's office. I reach in my pocket to get my bar card. That's when he pushes me. So when the audio starts, you hear her saying, sir, if you don't have a case on calendar, you need to go to the clerk's office. And I say, I went there. They told me to come here. And that's when I go back like, look, I'm an attorney. I'm an officer of the court thinking if I use these kind of words, maybe they'll believe me. And um, it just got to that point where she showed me a sign that says, don't approach the clerk, check in with the bailiff. But that sign is for defendants. This is a misdemeanor courtroom. So a bunch, there's like 50 cases a day in this courtroom. Mm -hmm. So that's not for attorneys. And the way we know that while you're watching the video, while they're telling me I can't go to the clerk's office, uh, the DA, who has the same credential I have as an attorney, walks through the well of the court and approaches the clerk. So uh, that's mm. proof attorneys can do what I was trying to do. Right. Um, but when they had me go out into the vestibule, 
in my mind at that moment, it was like what? So somebody out there is watching, and they like, why the fuck did he go eat vegetables? Nah, you. <laughs> He's in the middle of an altercation. I'm just saying we got to dumb it down. I got you. So what the, the hell is a vestibule? The vestibule is the little area. I learned the, the word from this case, but it's a little area in between the hallway and the courtroom. Okay. Okay. It's a little area. There's usually like a court reporter's room and then a, another little room where attorneys can interview their clients and whatnot. So that's that's what's in there. But there's no cameras. And the door was open when I walked in, right. uh, but the bailiff closed it. The, and uh, you also see he already had it in his mind to tase me because his taser was out right. while I was just talking to the, the other bailiff. So I give What's her the, the officer's name? Um, Barry. B-A-R-R-I-E. Paul That's Barry. Paul Barry, man. Yeah. Y'all know what to do. Yeah, and he's, he's <laughs> Y'all know what San Bernardino County Sheriff, and it's unique because he's, he's never been in the field, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. You worked in custody for like 10 years in the court. It's a reason they don't send these guys out to the field because they know if he's doing this in the courtroom, we right. can't let him out because right. then it'll, it'll be too too much. Uh, yeah, so we go out. I give her the case number, and I look at him, and I'm like, man, you fucked up. You fucked up when you put your hands on me, and I promise you. She's like, sir, give me. I give her the case number again. I lean over to see his name tags, name badge. And it's I spell it out, B-A-R-R-I-E. I say, I promise I'm going to come after you with everything I have and everything I learned in law school. And he actually testified. He felt that I was going to follow through on my – he took that as a physical threat. Right. And that's why he had to taste me. Hold on, what law school has he heard of? Yeah. They teach you how to. It's the karate law yeah. school out there. Yeah. They teach niggas yeah. law, but they also teach them to kick ass. Right. Man, they come from kick ass law school. Ain't no gun classes, ain't no karate classes, ain't none of that in law school. But right, right, right. That's what uh, he used to justify the tasing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, his his he was supported. And this is how it works. When they talk about one bad apple spoils a bunch, so he did this, right? His his own office should have reprimanded him, fired him, because you use yeah. deadly for which tasing. They say it's non deadly, but you right. Google death by tasing, oh, yeah, you'll you see a whole lot of people that died from being tased. Right. Um, so he was willing to use deadly force against me for words that I was using against him. He had already been violent with me twice. I had not responded with violence, right. so that should have been noticed to him that I wasn't there for on that kind of time. Wow. I just wanted him to have to hear these words since that was my get back. Right. Um, but it was too much for him to take. And that's why you hear him say, you know, you uh don't don't threaten me. Don't you know, square, just back square, up. Square don't right. threaten like me. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. He so knew he, he was trying to cover himself. Yeah, yeah he, he, he and he knew it wasn't again. a video, it was only an audio. Right. Now the the bailiff, the black woman, when she testifies, she says I was looking down, I heard the taser, and I looked up. He was in the same spot that he was in when I looked down. Right. So I'm saying I didn't approach this man. She's saying it, mm -hmm. but this is a white man in a, right. in a cop's uniform. Right. right. And remember, this, we three-fifths. Yeah. So you Me know. Me and her. Right. One more person. person, person yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Real shit. Yeah. That's so that's, crazy, that's really uh, what it boiled down to. She... I mean, even when the judge sentenced me, she said, you know, she didn't, she, there was a, a court reporter, and if you watch the video again, you'll see when I first walk in, she's looking at her phone. Um, 
but she takes her version of it, who wasn't even paying attention, over the bailiff who testified. She said, when, when my attorney asked, would you say it was a friendly encounter up until the time he was pushed? She said, yes. So the, the judge, when she sentences me, first of all, she compared her experience as a white woman to mine as a black man when it comes to <laughs> uh, discrimination. That's and incredible. secondly, she said that I was arrogant because I expected things to work differently for me. Now, I had been inside of a courtroom thousands of times at that point. I wasn't expecting anything different. Right. I'm an attorney. I'm there on business. It was an administrative matter, but it's still related to my case. Right. Um, so I expected to be treated as such, right. uh, regardless of, of how I'm dressed. And the, the thing about a San Bernardino, they're, they're Rules on attire is closed toe shoes, no shorts, um, and a shirt, no tank tops. Right. So I was within the dress code. Right. Um, and so, and now it's funny. I went back to that court. It was a brother who was practicing. He had on some Levi's, some uh, Air Maxes, and a black and blue and white Pendleton. Oh, wow. And like a blue rag as his uh Oh, wow. As his oh, mask. he was cripping. He was cripping. <laughs> so when cuz came <laughs> But I'm like, man, you know. <laughs> on the dead homies. On the dead homies, he didn't kill his I was like, man, when I dress like that. <laughs> on the dead homies, he ain't dead because of the homies. Right. 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 Oh, I'm telling you, man. That's, that's what I crazy. seen it with my own eyes. And then I seen another white dude. I went from there to Rancho. Seen a white boy in like a, a sweatsuit. It was fly yeah. little polo sweatsuit yeah, with yeah. the hoodie and the sweats. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, so COVID revealed everything that's like necessary and, right. and essential in our lives. So an attorney being in a suit is not essential to the practice of law. Right, right. right. So all the people that are like, oh, look at how you were dressed. It does not matter based on what I was trying to do. Right, uh, right. That day. And what. What I also have to know what Howard Law teaches you, and they did say, hey, man, never go to a courthouse for any reason right. without a suit on. And now they're looking like, nigga, this is why I told you that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you are an attorney. You yeah. paid your taxes. You a homeowner, and yeah. you did all that. Yeah. And now, um, you know, it, it just let me know what it really meant to be a descendant of enslaved Africans. Uh, things had happened in the streets before, right. but I always looked at the courtroom as the one place in society where my credentials supersede that of law enforcement. Right, right, right. Because what I had to do to get that credential compared to what they had to do to right. get that credential. Mm -hmm. So inside this sanctuary, I'm superior. My, I'm now not as a human being, right. but when we're talking about the status of our work, right. I'm superior to the... Cool. Everyone in there except the judge. Right, right, right. But, you know, this situation taught me, despite that, you is a nigga. Right. And that's Wherever what society go. will treat you as. And as long as, forget the Constitution, as long as the Declaration has 1776 as the date mm. and all people are created equal, that means that status will remain in this country for us until that is abolished. And that's why I'm an abolitionist. I'm not for reform because we had reforms after 92 and right. things was cool for a few months. Then, right. you know, it's like you, you cut, you pull the weeds out, but right. if you don't get the roots out, the lawn going to look nice for a while. Then the weeds going to come back. Right, right. And that's what happened. They changed. Now we flipped, blew up. Now they want to have reforms again, but all it's going to do you reform us, well, we'll reform our 
oppression yeah, and, and we'll change it. So that's why I want to be clear. I'm not about reforms. The only reason I'd be for a reform is if it's a step on the path to abolition. Right. And when I say that, I don't mean like there's parts of the system I think would still be helpful and fruitful in a new system, but that document needs to be put in a museum. Like well, this is how we used to be. Well, let's create context. One thing I want to talk about first, um, most people think when you talk about being an abolitionist that you somewhere in the wilderness waiting on some slaves to run up so you could yeah, run, yeah. walk them to freedom. <laughs> you, I mean, you are fighting for freedom, but it's a different kind of fight now. So tell yeah. people what exactly do you mean when you say you're a lawyer that's an abolitionist. Well, one, um, and I'm an abolitionist who's a lawyer. Well, there we so, go. There but we go. one, um, slavery per the 13th Amendment, is still very much legal in 2021 right. in these United <laughs> States of America. Right. And it's and this is why language and, and what we do is so important. It's the difference between a comma and a period. Right. In the California Constitution, it says slavery shall not exist, period. Then there's another sentence that says involuntary servitude shall not exist except for punishment of a crime. Right. But in the United States Constitution under the 13th Amendment, which is the first time slavery was mentioned by name in the Constitution, it was slavery nor involuntary servitude, comma, except for punishment for a crime. Except if duly convicted of a crime. Yeah. Right, right. Now, that's slavery or involuntary servitude. What's the difference? <clears throat> slavery is a permanent status. Involuntary servants is a temporary status. Right. Prison. So yeah, white people got convicted in the 1700s. Right. They might have had to go in the field and work. Right. But it was temporary. Right. The slavery is a permanent status and so anybody, any descendant of enslaved African in the United States that's convicted of a crime can lawfully under United States Constitution be made into a slave. Okay, so as an abolition, what abolitionist, what is your fight? So my fight is to um Abolish the Declaration of Independence and all the symbols of white supremacy in this nation, including the flag, the Constitution, the National Anthem. Um, all of those things have to be abolished. They have to be taken away, put in a museum, say this is how we used to be. Right. And see, and what we're doing and how that works, it we do change policy day by day. But ultimately, my, my fight is not so much with the system because the system is going to remain. It's with the people. Right. The people, white people in this country have to see us as full-fledged citizens right. that deserve everything they deserve. Right. When they do that, they'll get upset and get as mad as they get as when, like, you know, if this, if I was a dog right. and got tased by the cop, Oh, he would have oh, had yeah, white people yeah. on his head. Right, right. Two things. Now, you said a full citizen, which is very important. What people have to understand is how important voting was in that time. Voting was a representation of you having a say in this country at that particular time, especially local voting. Yeah. So when they declared us three-fifths of a human, that that was because the North – had problems with the South because of the amount of slaves that existed. Yeah. They actually would count slaves as citizens. And each individual state is granted electoral votes based on the amount of citizens it has 
in its in its state. So you get more vote voting power at the federal level if your state has, you know, 20 billion, 20 million people as opposed to a state that has five million. Yeah. So what the North did was they lobbied to have blacks counted as three fifths of a human. So they would not be outnumbered when it came to their electoral status. Yeah. They, they lobbied for them not to be counted as all. At Ex- all. At all, exactly. And three-fifths was what they What the South yeah. was what they compromised to. So please understand what that means, man, because voting to me now was somewhat of a joke. I know you may disagree with it now. Oh, no, federally. Locally, I still vote. Yeah, locally. Federally, federally yeah, voting I is a joke. Wrote in Kanye. But at that time, when these laws were passed, having a vote was like having a gun. Yeah. It was yeah. power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because politicians at that particular time had to answer to people. Yeah, a nigga guns. could knock on the mayor's door like, what the fuck you doing, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So now that we don't have the same, we can't hold them to the same semblance of accountability because a lot of you have been tricked into classism, into thinking that the amount of money you make makes mm-hmm. you a different person. That's one of the tricks that they use to open up the doors of, of a lot of the bullshit that he's going to, through. Now it makes the fight as an abolitionist a little bit tougher. They did. Because now within our community, you have black people who think they're a different kind of black because they got bread. Yeah. You feel what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So let's talk about the difficulties of getting people of a certain status to understand that, you know what I'm saying, you're you still black, nigga. Like, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's very difficult because people see that American flag and – Anybody could go. I don't erase a, a lot. I've probably erased one or two pictures from social media throughout the time I've been on. So it was a time that I was full-fledged American, like in Africa too. Like I went to the World Cup in South Africa in 2010 and I had the Landon Jonathan jersey, the whole sweatsuit, <laughs> blue, white, and red Nikes, the U.S. flag. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the Algeria oh. match, at the Algeria oh, match, yeah. man, me and my guy H, man, we painted our face, Yo, man, yeah. white yeah. blue. Oh, we was no. swear to God, and, and, when, we, and when the U.S. <laughs> hey, it was niggas in South hey. Africa. Look at these niggas. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, and, and that's was playing the thing. Kid Rock the whole trip. Yeah, <laughs> was really oh, it was really. But I also <laughs> learned on that trip because the last the last match against Ghana and that 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 had a nigga conflicted right because right, right. I'm in Africa. Ghana's the last yeah, African that's team. Country. I was rooting for Ghana. I ain't yeah, and 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 I'm going to the game in red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. And and my African friends is like, look at what they do to your people. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to cheer for them over <laughs> us. <laughs> and the motherfuckers have me in tears and shit. Like, damn, I'm really supporting these motherfuckers. But I did. And that's what I was about. And I would wake up every 4th of July, read the Declaration of Independence, and be oh, proud of it. Like, man, my, my country took on the greatest military power on earth and won. And I was proud of that shit. And so I understand those people. I say that to say I understand those people because I've been there. Right. Now... The, the thing about it is, sooner or later, everybody gets that wake-up call. Every black person right. gets that wake-up call. And it's unfortunate that that's what it's going to have to take instead of them just, you know, acknowledging, like, hey, this is what it is. This is where we're at with it. Um, and, and that, you know, that American flag is a symbol of white supremacy. Even getting people to see that uh, is, is very difficult. They just don't get it. Um, but, and, and the other thing is we don't have any example for what I'm trying to do, right? Where, where historically do we have, um, 
the descendants of enslaved people mm. living harmoniously in the same land of enslavement with the descendants of the enslavers. Right. It does not exist on earth. So right. what we're trying to do here is- It does at the zoo. <laughs> at the zoo, it's, it's animals living in the same <laughs> context of how we're living. You know what I'm saying? That's true. You know, yeah, I mean- that, That's know. it. Then, and the closest example we have is South Africa. Right, right, right. Which right. was apartheid. Now, what did South Africa do? Change their flag. Right. Change their constitution. Change their national anthem. And they're, they're symbols of their nation. Right. So you can't tell me we have the same political parties in power since slavery was blatantly legal. Right. We have the same. And this is the difference. Now, private-owned slavery is what ended. Right. Mm -hmm. Under the 13th Amendment. Right. Now that you can only be made a slave by the state. Right. That's what the 13th Amendment did. But the same Democrat and Republican Party were in place before the Civil War. The flag was in place. The national anthem was in place. Yeah. The Declaration of Independence were in place. Right. And so none of those things have changed, but you want me to believe right. that there's been significant changes. Right. And there has, in to a certain degree, I don't want to you know, act like we had the, the same water fountain uh, issues that our grandparents had. Right. But I also want to point out that that's not a whole lot. Right. And, and when you leave this country and you go to the African continent or even Central or South America and see how the world treats you as a black man, right. you damn near never want to come back because right. now you've been given the value that you actually deserve for the I've first been, time in your life. I've been telling these niggas for the longest. My grandfather, brother, man, he didn't come yeah, back after World War II. Y'all right back there. Hmm. Like, he stayed. Yeah, he stayed. He's gonna hate though. He stayed in Europe after World War II. He said, "I'm never going back, man." Man, he deserted and everything. Yeah, one of my partners on his podcast. His pops was in like the Drifters, I think it was. Right. And he's yeah, he's living London to this day. Yeah. He's just not about to deal with this no more. Yeah. And, yeah. and London ain't the greatest place, but right, they it's not written in their constitution that slavery's legal. Well, the crazy <laughs> thing is, I mean, feudalism on so many levels, which is what slavery descends from, mm -hmm. is a little bit more humane <laughs> than this white supremacy we face here. Because at least um, if you earn and get to a certain space, you can you can get things that you weren't able to get if you come from just a pleasant peasant class. So uh, one second, I want to introduce somebody who was, you know what I'm saying, one of the comedic yes, greats here, you know what I'm saying, uh, to all, you know what I'm saying, comics that came up the way I came up, you know what I mean, he paved the way for us. Um, Y'all give it up for Scrancho. Now Scrancho, if you haven't heard what we've been talking about is this brother here is a lawyer. I don't know if you remember that case a few months ago where he went to represent one of his clients and they assumed that he was a criminal. In San Bernardino, he ended up getting into it and getting arrested in court because they tried to treat him um, as if he wasn't a lawyer, basically. They, they just assumed he was a criminal, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want to say, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been the victim of, of injustice as a citizen you know what I'm saying? In this country, have you ever been treated wrong or have the police ever done something to you that you felt was unconstitutional? Hey, man, to be honest, you know, I always tell people it's a, um, I got a problem with safe niggas, right? And what a safe nigga is, is you can't 
love your oppressors and love real niggas at the same time. Either you love oppressors and can't stand real niggas or you love real niggas and can't stand your oppressor. Right. Now, for the, the safe nigga often hide behind a fake love right. for black people, the black race. But when they get, and when I say the oppressed, I'm not talking about um, white people individually. I'm talking about the laws, right. you know, the, the traditional racism they face, the economic, the systematic racism. When you don't, when you don't fight for those laws, right, and you give up on those laws, that means white people have sprinkled some favor, they, they privileges on you. Now, nigga, you think you're special. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So now you safe. Right. So you don't hang out. That's how I come out and tell people all the time. I got homies that, uh, you know, a lot of industry buddies that golf. You know what I'm saying, and I got I got a lot a lot of you know industry buddies that you know I love them, but it ain't that I don't trust them. I just don't trust no nigga that play golf. Them niggas are safe. They think they special. Right. You know, they, they start, because they didn't got sprinkled, ain't nothing worse than niggas that got sprinkled white privileges. Because I'm going to tell you something, homie. I come from an era where when I came in the game, I understand my struggle as a real nigga and just as a comedian. Because right. for years, I put my mentality over my gift. Yeah. Right? So I was sick in my way of thinking. Meaning like I was fucked the white man. Fuck these bitches. Fuck these fag gay people. Fags. Right. Fuck these motherfucking uh, bitch niggas. Right. I was like, fuck everything. Real nigga or nothing. Fuck the police. Right, you know what right. I mean? Just to find out it's not the gay people. It's, it's, it's not the, the white man. It's not the, you know, not, it's not the, uh, 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 you know what it is? What it's is the it? safe niggas. Right. It's the, and I still have power with bitch niggas and police, you know what I mean? Because the bitch niggas really are the gatekeepers. Right. You know what I mean? Because, and they not high, they not scared of our talent. I thought, oh, them niggas scared. We, they not scared of our talent. They scared we gonna find out who their boyfriend is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, so you know, so my mentality is to ask your question. You know, if you understand um, um, being oppressed as a black man, I already came in the world with my character assassinated. Mm, right. You know what I mean? So before I even hit, soon as they seen, you know. So I always I had handcuffs on me on seven. First time I did time, I was 11. You know what I mean? I've been into the, the traditional system, you know, and, and just for the record, people don't know this, the shit that's going on with George Floyd and his black, we've been going through this. Oh my God. So you know what I mean? So this ain't nothing new to me. I'm used to this. Mm -hmm. And just for the record, you don't have to have a car to get pulled over. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and police are really, you know, they hide behind their, um, they hide behind the law to break the law. Right. You know what I mean? So whenever they're in a position for the law, they hide behind the law to break the law. Right. And then and whenever you hear police say, stop resisting, stop resisting, you need to start praying to God because you're probably finna kill you. Because yeah. that's all part of court's documents. You right, know what I mean? Right, right, right. You're not resisting. That's just part of the game. Right, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. So as a black man, the color of your skin is not your friend. Well, look, and, well that's something black is beautiful. I, I, I haven't seen it yet. Right, right. And that's what I want to go into cuz earlier when we before you came, we talked about how do you I feel like women should have another another status added to them. So we have single, 
we have married, but I yeah. feel like prostitute needs to be a status <laughs> that needs to be established so people can know what they're dealing with. Well, but but we also need prostitute because he said it should be an added thing. Mm -hmm. We need that added to some of these black folks out here. Right. I need to know if you're a prostitute for the system yeah. or if you're somebody that is is just. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a lot of these niggas that's hoes to the game yeah. and they perpetrating like they one of us. Yeah. yeah. How can you figure out, if we talking to younger Scrancho or younger Duncan or younger, you know what I'm saying, any of y'all, how can we tell the younger generation how to, how can you tell if a nigga is a just person or if he's a prostitute to the game? It's, it's rules. I mean, everything rules. That's the beauty about being If he fly a, a flag. Nigga, you know. They uh, need to fly a flag. No, I'm saying, if they, if, he, if they fly an American flag. Okay. At the end of the day, you know, the, the good thing about being a real nigga we all, we, we really move, we got a lot of biblical principles, we just don't be including God, right. but the rules are a lot the same. It's a lot of Judas niggas out here. Right. So it don't take me, it don't take much for me to turn on you. Right. It's just a set of rules that I, if I see that you're not, I said, oh, where that come from? Right. You know what I mean? Because I don't care how you feel, I don't care what you, what I do care about is how you think about me. Right. And what you say to me, it let me know what you think about me. Right. So you say something to me, I also, is that how you think about me? Right. You know what I mean? You know, I had a little homie tell me the other day, uh, you need to stop scheming. And that bothered me because I'm like, oh, so every hater thinks a hustler is a schemer. Right. But the truth mm -hmm. of the matter is, after we hustle, you know what I mean, and we, because nobody more creative than a person that can hustle. Oh, definitely. And when you are, when you a hustler, what we do, we create. And when we create it, then here come a safe ass nigga to take what you created right. and claim it as he is and make all the money. Right. And then when you rough drafting it, you know what I mean, yeah. you know, and even like with, what he talking about with the laws, this what kills me about this. Uh, our culture we so weak-minded you know what i mean that we love looking at the um we love looking at the mad at the person that stepped in the trap right but we never get mad at the motherfucker that set up the trap okay and let me let's talk about that right now so look i'm gonna have everybody ask jay a question right because a lot of times when we dealing with the type of people that we deal with there's things we want to do to them but we don't know the consequences. Right. You feel me? So I, I'm going to put out a scenario of how to handle certain things. I'm going to put a scenario. Each one of give us a scenario, and you tell us the right way to do it as opposed to the way we want to do it. Well, the right way or the legal way? Okay, the legal way. Oh, right, right. Because right, right, that's it. Right, right. So, so, it's a difference between right and legal. Right. When is it okay for me to assault somebody that disrespects me? Like, how can I set up a scenario where I can knock a nigga out and in the eyes of the court, it'd be a just action? Well, it's, um, <clears throat> it would have to be unprotected speech, right? Like fighting words, like, fuck you, you fucking nigger. Right, right. Like the court's rude, like, Stig all right, that's, uh, that's fighting words. Like right. you, there's, there's certain things, but if it's just, you know, they're getting under your skin, but they aren't saying those things that would make a reasonable person react with violence. So a fighting word doesn't have to necessarily be a word that says, I'm about to attack you. No. It could be... Some, it yeah, something that they know presses your buttons. And so it's not the same for everybody, right? Because right. if I know you have this special relationship with your mom who's sick, fighting stage four cancer right now and i'm like fuck that bitch right that's different than you know if you mom was on crack you ain't never knew her you might tell the next person fuck that bitch talking about his mom and he'd be like fuck her i don't know that bitch anyway so 
it's it it can be different based on the circumstances and and what that person knows. So if they're trying to incite you, you know, you still might have to go to trial to <laughs> to get a jury to agree. Right. But that's what the law has has stated is that those kind of things um, are similar to fighting, and right. that it's reasonable for you to react that way because it's if somebody's saying these things, then they must. Uh, be violence must be next. Right. Anybody else have a question? A law question? Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Greg. Uh, yeah. Oh my bad. <laughs> for me, like I got a, uh, I had a situation with a crackhead like in December. <laughs> 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 true story though. Like true story. You feel what I'm saying? And uh, basically, what happened was, bro, <laughs> the crackhead kept breaking in my 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 sis, me and my sister car. You dig what I'm saying? I'm going out there. He tried to mull over there and share a car with his sister, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. Get it how you live, brother. Hey, Craig, the crackhead recognized his shirt in his car. <laughs> Yeah, nigga. You was giving them rides to SSI office every morning. That nigga that had a gas money, you beat his ass. Okay, now go ahead and tell the story. No, so what happened was uh, open, I opened my, do- my door, my sister's door, and I seen her, you know what I'm saying, in the car. You feel what I'm saying? So what I did was. The crackhead was in the car. Yeah, in the car, just like, like going through my sister's shit. So you come outside, and the crackhead is in your car. And you and your I'm sister's car. The, yeah, going I'm seeing her through the windshield. I'm right. coming out the house. I'm seeing her through the windshield. Right. So what I did was I opened the door, right? So when I opened the door, she still didn't notice me. I said, yo, what up, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you know we got to get that entrance. You know what I mean? It's always in the movies. You know nigga always swing on a nigga. They always say something famous. <laughs> so I hit her with one of those. And so when I, when, I, um, when I opened the door, man, I kicked her in her shit. Like all in her face and shit, right? Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? She flew on the other side, but at that, that ain't even a kicker, bro. Kicker. Oh, yeah, but uh, I fucked around and, and uh, my oh, leg, my knee hyperextended. So, so the question to you is, like in that situation, you told my story. Oh, yeah. My question to you is, bro, like if that shit, like say if that shit didn't happen, I whooped the crackhead ass. You know what I'm saying? Or beat them the fuck up or tased them. Like what, what, what? Like what is the best way to handle some yeah, shit? Yeah, like you, that? you. It has to be. Um, Hold on, real quick. You didn't tell him the legs. You, you skipped over. Yeah, why you gonna? Why you got a knee brace on your jeans right oh, now? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you I did, did. I did. I said <laughs> I hyperextended my shit when I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When 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 she attacked you and you had to kick her to protect yourself, that's lawful and that's I'm sure what she did and that's why you kicked her. So um that's uh that's that's lawful and you know with self defense a lot of people (laughs) on the streets I hear all the time ain't no self defense in California. That's not true. California does not have a statute in and of itself that says you can stand your ground. But when reading the jury instruction, um it says that uh, the person does not, when the self-defense jury instruction says the person does not have a duty to retreat, they can stand their ground. So that's in California statutes, California mm-hmm. jury instructions. Mm-hmm. So, but it's about the level of force that you use. So if somebody brings deadly force to you, you can defend yourself with deadly force. Right. But they can't bring, you know, uh, a slap and then you come with a, a rifle, yeah, or a pistol. Now, I mean, but now it all depends, right? Because if 
I see Mike Tyson about to punch me. Right, right. I'll yeah. be like, man, that's deadly, my nigga. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you not, might have I'm to get shot. Yeah, but but it's that's what it is. So, you know, whenever you're telling that story, make sure you never leave out the fact that she attacked you and you had to defend yourself right, because man. it is yeah. COVID and you know, who knows if she was so, out there. So right. legally right. she'd be responsible the, for his medical bills. It, and there's there's ways, yeah. She's gonna play that nigga in dirty yeah. places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, but two, three, gonna have twelve baskets and eight hundred dirty blankets. I'm telling you, if you spend the money to file a lawsuit against a crackhead yeah. that's going in your car for money, bro, it's I want everything man. this bitch got, which is nothing. <laughs> All you gonna get is hepatitis from that bitch. It's gonna be a little vial full of hepatitis. You gonna have a liquor store bag full of bullshit, nigga. And that's and that's why you had to kick her as opposed to punch her because your legs are longer than your arms, and you had to keep social distance. I'm with you, brother. So she, you not she, she fired on you. Yeah, that's all I said. Yeah, we're gonna say that. Buck with your knees. And she dazed you a little bit. You seen stars. <laughs> You're like, hey, you know what I'm saying? What was it a roundhouse? Was it a side? No, nah, man. That was like one of them uh, diesel kicks he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit it with, with the dishes yeah. part. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. It was one of those. Because so she was coming at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was basically holding on the door. You know when you hold on the door, yeah. you see shit on World Star. You yeah. seen Orion's belt when she fired on you. You see Star. He didn't want to get out. <laughs> now you, you better not get out. Yeah. <laughs> that nigga like seen the North Star. Nigga. Yeah. 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 Get out! Get out! She get out! Start talking like Wag One Hundred. So you get said, down, nigga. Get out. I see you said what, bitch? She said what? <laughs> <laughs> Let me kick this bitch. She get out of yeah, this yeah. car. Yeah. That's exactly why I kick it because I didn't want to catch none of that COVID shit. You know? yeah. Did That's you take a bath after y'all fought? Nigga said, nigga said, nigga went right. And they got. I was in an ambulance. No, no, no. He said, did you take I a know. bath after y'all fucked? He <laughs> said, fought or fucked? No, after y'all fought. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I thought you said, Are you fucking her in the car? I am. Fuck this knee up, man. Hey. Ah. Yo, so I got, I got a question I want to ask you. I want to, you. I want to, mm-hmm. you. I want to mm-hmm. circle back to the situation that happened with you in the in the courthouse. So, um, do you... Do you still have faith in the law, even though, like, we all seen what just happened to you? And I guess, I'm guessing you lost, did you lose the case? Yeah, I went to trial. I was charged with Penal Code 148A1, which is resisting, delaying, or obstructing a police officer in the lawful performance of their duty. And I was, obviously, it couldn't be resisting, um, but it was delaying or obstructing. And the, the DA's argument was that because Deputy Barry uh was not the bailiff and because I was so irate and he was a custody deputy so he was responsible for taking the if somebody gets remanded in court taking them back or somebody has court who's in jail bringing them in the court um because he had to focus on me for those three minutes even though he wasn't doing anything before that 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 delayed him from doing his job so that was the delay so basically under the theory that um under the theory under that logic if a cop is out doing dui patrol and they stop you for talking on your phone now you delayed them from doing dui patrol so Mm -hmm. in addition to uh getting the cell phone ticket you're also going to get a penal code 148a1 charge so the reason that the case is under appeal 
and the the judge um i i understand the law can work that's so that's probably the best way to answer that okay. it it can work and i've seen it work i've seen um people get the results that are just and and righteous um but you know if you ask me in san bernardino court as it relates to person Lynn or the state versus Jai person Lynn, that's yet to be determined. Uh, we, we are in the process of doing the appeal. So if that goes in my favor, that'll give me some kind of um, belief that, that things can work sure. out on my behalf. So, so the, op- the optics to me, so outside looking in, right? Mm. If, if, if you're representing me, let's say it's a criminal defense, right? And you come in, I'm looking at you like this nigga can't even beat his own case. How are you gonna fucking get me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you yeah. say? Because that, that's a reputation at that point. Yeah, in yeah. that courthouse. So yeah, if if I'm the client and I'm sitting here, I'm no. Should I feel I'm already going to jail? No, no, you shouldn't. Because uh, one, um, the the state isn't as interested in your conviction as they were in mine. Right. This it, it took way more than just the the police and the DAs to result in a conviction for me. Now that that same setup could happen um, to you. And as I Sam, my trial took place in Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga is about nine percent black, and out of the twenty four potential jurors, there were zero black. So there should have been two or three, <clears throat> but there were. It's like ten percent Asian. But it was like six, seven Asians on the in the jury oh, pool. No um, yeah, zero blacks, and then the rest was like half and half white and Latino. So that's uh, wow. That's so to, but to that point, and I I understand that point. Like, man, you can't win your case, but understand what what I was convicted of. The judge, even though it was one count, the judge allowed the prosecution to enumerate nine different acts. Um, and of those nine acts, four of those acts weren't even against Deputy Barry, who was the named victim of the uh, of the delay uh, or the obstruction. Right. Because just because I if you two are partners, just because I obstruct you doesn't mean I obstruct you. But the fact the judge allowed four of those nine to be on Deputy Sutton, who was the black woman who said I shouldn't have been arrested and shouldn't have been tased. That just gave the jury more to decide on. And they ultimately came back to when I was convicted. If, if you watch the video, the second time he pushed me, uh, his hand was on my chest. I brought my hand up on his. Now, I know how it looks. It looked like I pushed his hand away. But in what I recall happening, I brought my hand up on his to express my displeasure, and he moved his own hand down. I didn't uh, use enough force to even, like, smack his hand away, and it certainly wasn't a smack. But either way, let's say I did smack his hand away. A judge ruled in a, a motions hearing before this that I was not seized until I was tased. Mm. So if I'm not seized, then he has no authority to touch me. Mm-hmm. So me removing his hand cannot be a crime if I'm not seized. So that's what I'm hoping the appellate court sees as well as the fact like, you know, one juror came in the second day was like, you know, I thought about it last night, man. And I just believe if you don't listen to the cops, you wrong. Period. That's crazy. And then the, yeah. then, then the a judge. A lawyer needs to listen to the cops. Yeah, but but period. That was, he was like, period, this is an Asian person. This is what we have to understand about a lot of the Asian people that come. They come from, like, authoritarian governments. Right. Like, you know, in a lot of these uh, Asian countries, it's guilty until proven innocent. Right. If the government 
initiates charges against you. Right, right, And right. so they don't necessarily think that's wrong, and they come over and be like, well, you must have done something. And, and it's not just Asians, anybody that comes from an authoritarian that, government. That, the gap between what's right and what's actually done or the outcome, that's white supremacy. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So mm. don't think that the law is there just to protect you because it's not. It's subject to interpretation. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the white supremacy aspect of it um, and kind of what he was talking about when people have been sprinkled with the bullshit, the you know what I'm saying? That gap is what we face in this country. So don't think that being innocent is enough. Well, yeah. I think what everybody's overlooking, to answer everybody's question, I'm not even an attorney, but every the reason, he's going to fax that the laws is not for black people. It is not for us. It never right. happened. You got to understand, how many people heard of the racial pyramid or the hierarchy? Or is like uh, well, the racial pyramid. Look it up. It's the racial pyramid of hierarchy, and that's how America classify you as a culture and a race. Right. And at the top of the pyramid is white people, and they classify it as privileges. At the bottom of the pyramid is all black people, right. and all in between is it is what it is. But at right. the bottom is mm-hmm. black people, and they classify us as threatening and livestock. So that means right. that we're never listen. We never been considered human. No, no. So what that mean is, remember this: we had leashes on us before dogs. Right. We was getting branded before cows. Right. So we was never tradition. Uh, we was never systematically included in the system, and they always looked at us as the carrot shit that's going on. Right. Guess what? Emmett Till was the first victim of a Karen bitch. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So. They never looked at us as human. That's right. why when you see people like the lady who's seen the people in Oakland and and it was barbecuing, in her mind, she seen gorillas barbecuing. Right, you see what right. I'm saying? So they never respected us. Niggas over there cooking banana burgers. So never been So you got, just like oh, in the hood, when, 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 when you're in the hood and they kill somebody, put it at work, we get stripes for that. Right. Yeah. Everybody that get on that police force ain't there for justice. They ain't there to knock a nigga down. Right. And right. they don't get status until they knock a nigga down and they don't feel they don't feel privileged until they <laughs> knock a nigga down. Straight up. You know what I mean? And while these niggas on the golf course, golfing and shit, every race and culture is in the gym, boxing and training. They just like the police. They can't wait to knock a nigga out. Well, so y'all better you go get to the gym and it's a, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm a gonna war. keep it one hundred, man. What we have is genetics. And a lot of people from other races, they fight that. When you go to the gym, it's a lot of white boys and Latinos getting on swole. That's because they see us, and they trying to they 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 trying to even the score to make sure that they could you know if it go down with one of us, nigga, that they got something for us. You know what I'm saying? They don't even want to beat us up. They just want to fight us because There's, that's the see we as black people we in the victories. You know what I mean? But for other cultures, just fighting us is a victory. Right. I remember when I go to the gym, I fight white boys all the time. Yeah, you want to box? You want to fight? Right. And every time I beat them, baby, on their phone, honey, you ain't going to believe what happened. Yeah. I just got to play with scrunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kicked my ass. Scrunch. He bowed to the head and he bowed to the butt. Yeah, yeah I got to tell him scrunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a white motherfucker get your nickname fast. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> you know? Scrunch. Motherfucker call you scrunch in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I'm just telling y'all. It's a silent war that's going on, and the number one, we always, we not being attacked, we not being targeted, nigga, we being hunted. Right. And until we understand, and there's the high, listen, only thing worth more than a nigga is your manhood. Right. 
Them the two top. A nigga's manhood. Man, nigga manhood. But the the the, the understand. We the, we the, we the, we the, a black man in um, manhood. They trying to get rid of us. Period. But also understand when you're being hunted, a part of being a good hunter is setting traps. Mm. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, it it ain't just grabbing a rifle and killing something like hunters. They set traps. They sit. They sit up in trees for. Yeah. Hours. They put war. Right. I mean, they put paint on. They camouflage themselves. Yeah. Nigga, they get the piss of a female, right. the female species of whatever mm-hmm. they hunting, and they put that scent on them to attract males of that species. Like hunting is a very complex thing. It's not it just pick yeah. up and kill. It, it is yeah. a strategy. It's the strategy right. that they love. You know what I mean? And see, every plot and plan, and the one thing about uh, a good and evil that got in common, you know, God plant plot way up here. You know what I'm saying? Devil was a few steps, you know, back here. You know what I mean? We back here, nigga with wisdom right here. Right. So everybody, real, the real hustle started way back here. Right. You know what I mean? That's how come it's easy for, you know, you get mad at the person that fell into the trap. Right. But when you water down and wash, you never get mad at the nigga that set the trap. Right. Yeah. So they we, already, we already being targeted. All day. Dozy. Yeah. Talk to me, man. What, what legal <laughs> question would you have for my brother right here? Now cam on me. Can I whoop on an African bitch I brought from Nigeria <laughs> if she's not a citizen yet? <laughs> and I whoop a bitch without a green card is what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hate y'all niggas. I really do. <laughs> um, Real time, I just want to know the sentencing. Like, has it happened yet? Yeah, I was sentenced to um, one year probation. That was the only term. I don't, I don't have no search conditions, or there's nowhere that I can't go or anything. I don't have a probation, a summary probation. Summary Mr. probation. Mr. Yeah, yeah misdemeanor probation. Man, this nigga out here. This nigga smoke, smoke weed. He incriminate you. He incriminate himself. I don't piss in no cups or nothing. I'm just saying, like, that. I ain't got yeah. on a turtleneck in the hoodie. That's a hurdle neck. Did you pass the bar the first time? Nah, nah, nah. It took me a few times. Man. Was, you know what? I, 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 I you got that coming. I passed the bar the first time. The second time I stopped and got a drink. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I got a scenario. I'm thinking. We we talked about this before. So I, um, like let's say something happens. Uh, one of my uh, sister, cousin, something like that. Her boyfriend, whatever. He he uh, he puts hands on her. Mm-hmm. I go to the house to go and talk to him. We end up getting a fight though. Mm-hmm. I, I I can. I know it's going to look like, oh, you went over there too. No, I went over there to talk to him, to tell him, yeah. don't do that shit again. But I, he ended up saying something crazy, and I punched him in his shit. Mm-hmm. I can get off on that, right? Like what you just said. From- well, there, there's a lot of factors in this, right? Because if he, one, your sister's loyalty is going to be extremely important. That's, right. that's easy. Because if she testifies, because some of these women be I'm so like, far I'm gone. Like some of these women be so far gone. It's like, nah, he didn't really hit me, so I don't know why my brother came through tripping. Mm-hmm. So if your sister's on that kind of time, then it might be tough for of you because now you got two people saying you were the aggressor. Right. right. But if, if your sister's telling the whole truth, one, he put his hands on him. Now, you know, she, he put his hands on her. Now that makes him the the first aggressor. So you coming over? What? Uh, there's only gonna be three people that can say what was said in that in that scenario. So 
if you and your sister's stories line up, you're good. Your sister's a deciding factor. The premeditation part of me going over there and all that. Yeah, Hold yeah. on, because a lot of motherfuckers out here are stupid. And they think that premeditation <laughs> is when you sit in a dark room and make noises before you go do some shit. That's the meditation. That's funny, man. Can you, <laughs> can you please? Hey, man, you can drop the mic on that no, one. How do you go in and out so fast? Like, serious boost, like, so fast. Like, it's Can you please tell these niggas what premeditated means uh, in, a, in a legal perspective? Yeah, it's, um, to break it down as uh most simple component, it's that you thought about this before you did it. Right. It was in a, in a cool and calm, collected mind. Like that can be the difference between murder and manslaughter because if you think about it in a state of rage, that's not your cool, calm, collected mind. So it's a, a crime of passion. And so that would mitigate killing someone uh, that you thought about down from uh, first degree, which is premeditated murder, right. where you mm -hmm. sat in a cool, calm state and you lied and wait and you waited and then you killed this person. That's murder in the first degree versus, uh, you know, if you walk in and he's fucking your wife and then a fit of rage you kill him right. that's manslaughter um because it's you're you're not you know you're not premeditating and it's different second degree murder is where you didn't necessarily premeditate or lie in wait but you like killed him unlawfully and there was you know nothing to mitigate it down right like, you you shouldn't have done it he wasn't in the state you he said something you don't like you was having a bad day you shot him in the head it wasn't premeditated you didn't go in planning to kill this person but you did. So the premeditation is thinking about it, but not just thinking about it, thinking about it prior. And that can happen very quickly. But right. the court is ruled, you know, it can be a few minutes before that you decided to do it. And that can get you to first degree murder. Mm -hmm. But uh, the premeditation is thinking about it in a, you know, calm state for the most part. Let me ask you a question. Well, how does the law um, decipher if somebody dictates a boundary and says, okay, you're a threat, right? Okay, you're a threat, I, I view you as a potential threat. Um, do not come on my property, or, you know what I'm saying, please stay away from me, or, you know what I'm saying, or you try to avoid a person, you create a boundary, and they cross that boundary, and you defend yourself. How can one who's in a scenario where someone is, you know, always crossing a boundary or putting them in a position that's a compromising position, how do you protect yourself if you're in that position, because a lot of people live in places where they can't just leave. They yeah. grow up in terrible neighborhoods, yeah. and it's always a motherfucker crossing a boundary, and sometimes their first step is last resort, yeah. because they don't really have the option. Motherfucker may not have a car, or money to get on the bus and go, or they can't move out and move somewhere else. Their financial situation won't allow them to be able to properly protect themselves. So if someone is in a situation that could potentially be dangerous, how do they set a boundary how do they get the law to recognize that boundary to show that they tried? And how do they position themselves where if they have to do something violent, um, they, they can get the most optimal outcome? Yeah, well, it's all, about, there's, it's all about the reasonableness of the act and the honesty of your belief. So complete self-defense self -defense or defense of others is a complete defense to a crime. So if you're charged with murder and you're like, man, I had to kill him because of self-defense and the jury believes you, that's a complete defense. 
imperfect self-defense is where you have an honest belief, but it's unreasonable. Right. So in that scenario, you know this dude a killer. You know that he done killed some people, and now you've told him stay away, and he's coming in your yard. Now you just shoot him. You got an honest belief that you had to because you thought he was going to come kill you, but it's kind of unreasonable when, you know, that's it. I mean, he could have been walking up to tell you, like, man, your, your sister just passed out at the grocery store up the street. I'm just letting you know. Right. So it's it's about the where reasonableness and honest belief merge, you have complete self-defense. Right. When it's unreasonable, but it's an honest belief, you have imperfect self-defense. Mm. And where you have neither, then you have no defense. That's powerful. Quick question. How do you feel about um, um, snitches? Do you ever approach the snitches for the prosecution when they get on the witness stand? Do you ever ask them, how do you feel snitching? You, is that, <laughs> no, is that appropriate? appropriate? Is, is, is it appropriate? Just to, no, it would, it would say, be, um, how do you feel being a rat ass? Yeah, I like to yeah. strike that. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. ever just uh, say, you snitching on your well, whole Well, it, it would be more so about, you know, getting them to identify what their code of ethics is mm -hmm. and explaining that they are violating their own code of right. ethics and then arguing to a jury that anyone that would violate their own code of ethics cannot be trusted. Right. Um, and so that's how we would go about. But if, if, if you, um, I'm, you know, there's, it's tough because it's case by case and the line between snitch and witness yeah. is a fine line. Like yeah. if, you are, and, and the way gang members have explained it to me, it, once you cross that line into gang membership, then you can't be a witness Anytime, for no criminal activity. You can never be a witness for the prosecution, period. I and mean, that's, me, but see, that's I wouldn't the, be a witness for nobody because, you, you know what and, I mean? And I get it. That's when uh, somebody I love, right? Mm -hmm. I still wouldn't. Take it right in front of you, unjustly. You yeah. still wouldn't take the stand. Because you know why? I don't, there's no such thing as justice as a black man. So now all of a sudden I'm going to buy into justice when, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? When now the no police, justice. your friend, they're going to be what at your home picking you up. What about in the civil suit? Niggas don't never talk yeah, about this. Would you testify what about in the civil, civil suit? suit? It's $3 million yeah. on the line. All you got to do in a civil suit is say, <laughs> that nigga is the nigga that blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Oh my soul! <laughs> I'm a, I'd rather try to rob a nigga than to tell on a nigga. Hold on. All right. Well, I'd rather wait on one. a nigga to, to get the three million. To get <laughs> on. But you all right, what saying? about this scenario? You know, they you did a movie. You were promised a certain percentage of the of the um uh, I forget what they call, it, but of the profits of the yeah, movie, the right? Residuals. The residuals. They didn't give it to you. But now you sue him, and you you not gonna take the stand to say I was promised to get these residuals. Well, here's my rules. It might be a little gangster, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what if Martin Scorsese gets you? I would say this: make your walk away game strong, and make your sneak up game stronger. And I could get way more from you, you know, on the sneak up than I can in court. Right. You know what I mean? Because now, I by the time you went to court in a civil suit, you didn't try. You didn't talk to him. You done sent them a letter. Yeah. You done had a mediation. Mm -hmm. You done did all of that. They still like, fuck you, nigga. I ain't giving you this money. And these residuals are supposed to be about $2 Because oh, the movie did I well. I would never turn to the, that the system to help me. Right. I'd rather die. 
I'm with, I mean, I, I I'm gonna go get saying? that two million. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so it's so yeah, the movie did well. I, yeah, they, they they went for me. I was the star. Fuck that. So I mean, I grew up in gang culture. I ain't never been no gang member ever. But I'm probably the only one in my family that you know what I'm saying ain't with that. You know what I'm saying. But I was raised by hogs. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So what if you sue a nigga? Is so because pressing charges is one thing, but suing a nigga is different. Yeah. I let the homie use a hundred grand to buy a house. The homie died. Now his wife don't want to pay me. <laughs> but everybody living in the house that I put the hundred grand in on is equity in the house. She got another okay, by the law, I could sue if I could prove that I put the hundred grand on this, put some so type of state. lien on the crib, Good. and get my money back. So. When we talking about finances, because we live in a, you know, white supremacy is one element of capitalism, right? Yeah. Capitalism is a completely different monster than just, you know what I'm saying, what happens with the whole black and white thing, you know right. what I'm saying? So I can't even sue the homie to get my bread back. I got to lead that to the streets. I can't just be like, nigga, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, it, it just, sa it, you'll save a lot of money just burn the motherfucker down. <laughs> <laughs> but look, trust though. He, hey, 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 I'm telling you, every police officer watching this right now was like, "Oh, we can beat his ass. He ain't gonna say shit. We gonna fuck scratch him up. He ain't gonna say nothing." Yeah. I'm with it, man. In my opinion, I understand because I was raised by them ethics. But man, the streets are so dusty right now. Niggas is telling it real. Niggas is breaking cold. You got gangster niggas out there molesting babies and. It ain't the, the game ain't the same, and it sucks when you get people who are who who adhere to that code because it's so much bullshit in that lifestyle. It's like damn, you get one stomp down nigga like Scruncho or my father or my cousin Maurice or you know what I'm saying. Most of my family, it's like, but but the, I mean, how, if you playing on a bad team, you could request request a trade. But in gang banging. Niggas would be on a bad team, and it ain't you can't request. But here's, a, here's a rule: like I'm not a stomp down gangster. Like you think of us as gangster, Trady a stomp down gangster. Yeah, yeah. Shout know, out to Trady. Uh, uh, Big Rock. That nigga won't even stomp down. He, gangster. Right, right, right. You know they got some real stomp down gangsters who live the culture. I'm not a gang banger, right. but when you're a hustler, the people Hollywood always confuse the hustler, the gangster, and, uh, and the player, all that. Hustlers and gangsters are similar because we go by the same set of rules. Right, right. But gangbangers, they gangbang for, you know, their flags and stuff like that. I don't gangbang for a flag, but I go by the same set of rules. Right, right, right. Brothers and I snitch and stand solid to, not necessarily cold, but it's just rules that you grew up by right. that you should live and die by. Because you gotta have something to die for. Because once you start negotiating, that's what's wrong with the world. Exactly. And, and everybody's scared to die. Right. It, it, but it's, it's crazy. Then everybody don't want to live until the doc until the doctor tell you you're gonna die. Right. They want to fight to live. Right. 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 <laughs> that's real. Come on, though. man. You know, so, but yeah, anyways, hey, no, that's, that's so real that's the though. Game. That's the I ain't game. know that. My my grandmother, she just turned ninety five last week, oh, and she know, drank man. from probably like sixteen to ninety two. And I thought, I was like, shit, she ain't never gonna stop. And then the doctor yeah. said, man, one more drink could kill you. She ain't drinking three years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. So some I people wanna, live like this. Yeah, so some yeah. people gotta just, you know I'm saying, see that shit to the end. They gotta, you gotta show them to believe them. They gotta yeah, see yeah, it to believe yeah. it, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I don't, I don't, I fuck, I'm gonna tell you right now, nigga. I, I'm not finna be fighting no now. I'm finna sue the shit out of you. If I, I give you $100,000, nigga, man, I'm, hey, look, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, it's, it's gonna go either one of two ways. Either you're going to give me my bread 
all right, we're going to have to go take it somewhere else. Right. It ain't finna be no in-between with that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So either you're going to do it the legal way or you're going to have to do it. Either way, I'm getting my break. That's right. <laughs> so let, 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 let me ask you, so I, want, I want to stay on the code of, code of ethics uh, when it comes to, to lawyers. And a lot of things I don't agree with within the system is, let's say you're, you're a criminal defense attorney and yeah. you have to hope the prosecution gives you everything in discovery. Yeah. Give me a scenario where... Because basically they have to give you their game plan of how to beat them. Yeah. That's never made sense to me because mm -hmm. ethically you're supposed to present it. But there's always situations where you're not getting all the information. Yeah. Uh, can you give us a, a story or something like that where they, they weren't provided everything and you had a client that, you know, that was looking at you know 20 plus? Serious time. Um, <clears throat> let me think about that because you know, part of our job is to... Uh, get that information that um, they don't want to give us. How do you trust it? Well, you don't know. You don't. Okay. You don't. Uh, you, <laughs> you definitely don't trust the police or the prosecution. Um, um, it's about digging through what they have. And then you see, like, you might see, uh, and this conversation was recorded in, like, a report that's tucked under thousands of documents. And then it's up to you to be like, hey, where's this recorded conversation? Because the fact of the matter is, sometimes police hide stuff from the prosecution. And so the prosecution, they only have to give what they have. Um, but aren't the police and the prosecution pretty much like brother, sister when it comes to- That, in, in actuality, yes. In the way it's supposed to work, the prosecution is supposed to be the check and balance for the police. Now, that doesn't happen. We're in the law and order where, mm -hmm. you know, the start of law and order, there's yeah. two sides. Like, nah, there's three sides. There's the, the police. Because if the prosecution and the police were the way it was supposed to be, cops would be getting prosecuted all the time. So what do you do? Because you have to present your discovery as well to them, right? Yeah. And you have some shit that you're like, damn, this motherfucker... Uh, well, I only have to turn over what I plan to use at trial. So Understood. if I have evidence that proves my client did it, I'm not going to present it at trial. Okay. So no. I don't have to turn it right. over. Okay. And so, but what but the flip side is they have to turn over. Yeah, yeah. So one one time it was a domestic violence case. And um, Charlie was doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a domestic violence case. And the, the prosecution had a... Um, a witness who was an Uber driver and they had spoken to them and the Uber driver said, yeah, I was here. He never hit her. But on the phone, she's like, oh, he hit me, beat my ass and all this and all that. And they didn't uh, turn that information over um, until like after the preliminary hearing. And so that would have been great to know um and you know i and the thing is we had tried to find that uber driver but they had her contact info they had all that and they just did not turn it over and it ended up hurting him because in that case uh a, a judge <laughs> he was he had another case in san diego and the judge found out about it and remanded him into custody because he's like well if he goes in san diego a case in San Diego, I don't want him to miss out his case here. Now, we have uh, provisions for that in the, in the law, Penal Code Section 1381, which means if I go to, uh, 
if I serve a sentence in San Diego County and I know I have a case pending in L.A. County, I petition the court to now, you know, start this clock on, on my case. So what happened in that case, we were set to go to trial. Now we had we finally got it. The judge remanded him. The prosecution was like, hey, you know, I'll give him probation if he takes it today. He not trying to go to jail today, so he take the probation. And that ended up, you know, effing us. Where had we had that at the preliminary hearing, um, maybe the judge would have ruled differently at the preliminary hearing. And so those are the, the kinds of scenarios let me, let me ask you a question, uh, where that's bro. happened. Have you ever lost a case and you just looked at the jury like, Nick? Yeah, yeah, mine, mine. I'm saying like, like verbally, but, like but, they saw you, like, what are y'all? Nah, are y'all serious? Yeah, one of my last trials, because um, there were no, my, I was the only trial I participated in 2020. But LA County wasn't really doing trials in 2020. Um, but I did a trial in uh, 2019. Um, where it was an assault with a deadly weapon. Mm. And, you know, my clients like, all right, I had a gun, but I never pointed at him. The only reason they even saw my gun, because I was in a, a Challenger that was lowered, and they were in an expedition, so they looked down. But they played it as if I pointed the gun at them. Now, this what's unique is that at the preliminary hearing in that case, he had three counts of assault with a deadly weapon. Um, one of the counts got kicked because the person in the back said they never saw a gun. Mm. And the way they said his hand was on his uh, steering wheel, left hand was on the steering wheel, and he looked up and said, we got a problem? And they claimed he had it on his chest. So that was the gun pointing in their direction. Oh. Now, the driver didn't see the gun. Only the, the mom claimed she saw the gun. And so one of the counts got dismissed. Now, the, uh, the other count... Uh, the at the superior court level, because after the preliminary hearing, you go to superior court, and that's where the sixty day speedy trial right starts. Um, the the judge, the same judge that remanded the dude in that first story, he allowed that that count to stay on uh, for a trial. So we get to under the theory that if you point a gun at the car, then you assault everybody in the car. So based on that theory, we go to uh, we go to trial. Client gets found not guilty for assaulting the driver and the backseat passenger, but guilty for assaulting the um, the mother. Even mm. though he didn't look at her, didn't say nothing to her, whatever, they just went with that. Now, the other bad thing about that trial is that the whole time he was also charged with felon with a firearm, um, but... He had had his felony case reduced to a misdemeanor, wow. and when you when that happens, um, at any point it's reduced for all purposes, including yeah. you can now have your your firearm rights. Wow. And so that judge, I showed him the transcript that said, "Hey, it's reduced now." He said, "Well, I don't care. Uh, once once you're convicted, it's it's a felon, period, and you can't have guns for the rest of your life." And I'm like, "That's not true. Here's the case." He didn't want to hear none of that. Fuck and the law. now the the other thing about that, he um the the jury actually had a question because because my client they said he had a felony. There's a jury instruction that is read that says if someone has a felony, you can use that to uh, assess their character basically. Mm. So that jury instruction wouldn't have been read. The jury asked a question about that particular jury instruction right. as they were deliberating, and then um. 
it, you know, they ultimately convicted him of the one count. And I think that jury knew they were on some bullshit because nobody talked to me uh, afterwards. Right. Not not one of the jurors, the black, this was in Compton, black people, I'm like, man, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Y'all just right. convicted a brother that's facing, uh, with, the, with the gun allegation, it was like 16 years or some Ooh, shit that he was right. facing. And, and with, with the other cold thing that happened, man, with that judge, he, um, once he realized, like, oh, shit, he didn't have this conviction. Now you're supposed to give this man a totally new trial mm -hmm. because you gave this jury uh, uh, an instruction that said you can basically disbelieve him based on his felony on his record that wasn't on his record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of that, he, he said, look, man, I'll only give you if, you, if you waive your rights, I could give you this, but if you waive your right to appeal, we'll take off the felon with a firearm and I'll just give you the seven. And you know, dudes, uh, you know, people get scared in these times. They don't yeah. want to go, yeah, he took the seven, but I don't, I mean, he, I think that case will come back ultimately. Before he took that seven? Well, he had got another attorney oh, at, at that point. He <laughs> thought. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I think he does, because just ultimately that was just, like, under no circumstances, was the jury supposed to hear about this felony that he had because he didn't have it at that point? Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you, do you practice uh, private? Yeah, I'm private. You practice yeah. private? Because how do you feel about public pretender? I mean, public pretenders. Well, I, I worked in the public defender's office for six years, and the thing about it is they're a large criminal defense law firm. Right. So for those who are really about that life, um, and there's a lot who are, it's for you as a, as a, defendant um it's a gamble you yeah. know i mean it's it's yeah. you have a little more when you're hiring an attorney with your own money right. you look at their background and whatnot but for you it's a gamble right and a public defender can lose 20 straight cases they can't be fired because yeah. they're a civil servant so but that but to me this is the way the traditional system works you become a public defender, you come out of school, you have all your little exciting, and you want to do the right thing. Yeah, you want and you start getting in that system, then you get numb to the love of people and start yeah, wanting the status. Secondary trauma. So now you get that secondary trauma. So now what you want to do, the prosecution may tell you, give us 20, give us 2,500, uh, you know, we had mad you to be a prosecutor. Then a prosecutor, like, look, you give us 2,000 cases, we had mad you to be a judge. And they worked their way all the way up. And, it's, and that's why I believe in it. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, that, that's, that's, um, public defenders and DAs, for the most part, don't fuck with each other. For, for the most part. Now, that does not mean, even though you might not like a DA, it does not mean, one, you're, you're not jaded. Because a lot of people, you know, that didn't grow up around this life at all. And I always tell people, I grew up in the streets, but not of the streets. Right. My dad has a PhD from UCLA, my mom has a master's from SC, but my parents were freedom fighters, and at that point, wasn't no money in freedom right. fighting, right. so we were still living with everybody else, right? right? Um, but uh, the public defenders, you know, they, they come in, oh, all the wrongfully accused people, then you get in the system be like, damn, most of these motherfuckers did the shit they was arrested for. Right. <laughs> right? And you realize it's like about 75% of the cases is like dead on. Like they, they did that shit. And so now you're not prepared to defend the person that actually did it. Right. Right? And so now that messes with you. And now you think of this person as pretty fucked up anyway. And there are a lot of fucked up people. Yeah. Um, and so you, you get jaded or you you really into it and then you receive what's called secondary trauma you didn't hurt so much 
messed up circumstances, so many traumatic things that yeah. now it's it's imparted itself on you and now you're kind of numb to the system but ultimately um those those people aren't prepared for this but because they got student loans or whatever and public defenders in la county you know you max out you make like 140 year base salary uh you get 10 days uh vacation you can buy up to 20 more days from your benefits package and your benefits package is 17 percent of that 140,000. so get another 20 something thousand a year for your benefits so it's a pretty good job you know it's a pretty good job um and people don't want to give that up even though they've kind of lost themselves they lost they lose it but it's a legal slave trade but the people that are in it they use their because you got secretaries paralegals investigators and anything you subpoena you get for free so you those that do the job oh they they do it well it's just you know what the percentage is, I don't know. And I definitely ran up against some um, some uh, white supremacy while being in that office as well. Yeah. We're going to go to a commercial break. When we get back, more from the show. Make sure y'all smash that like button. We got 2,100 people in the live. We only got 892 likes. Oh, hell no. That's disrespectful hell yeah. and absurd, man. <laughs> smash the like button. It's very important for the algorithm. You know what I'm saying? It shows participation. It went up three. When we, we'll be back, man. Here All we right. go. <laughs> yeah, we just went and got them niggas. Oh, <laughs> man. I know you see some dumbass cases like that, right? Oh, man. Yeah, they, bunch of them. They, 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 bunch they, of them. Y'all you know what they do. We back live. We back on. So talk about, you say you see a lot of cases with people who be snitching on themselves on social oh, yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, man. And I'm, you know, I got to really sit down and might need to take a sabbatical and go uh, write the book, uh, Shut the Fuck Up. No, but it's like people don't realize like all the ways they snitch on themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, we do it in our personal lives too. Like, nigga, you finna go cheat. You know you done shared your location with your wife, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now you wonder why she out your side chick out of here where like you a live. Nah, but it's like, I mean, it's, it's all kind of ways, man. Like, you know, you got to watch the notes you keep in your phone because if they get that and then you... Right. You, if they get your phone and they get access to your notes, and you like, man, I hate this nigga, this nigga, this yeah, nigga, yeah. and one of them niggas you is got the to victim. Be a cold nigga to have a hate list in your phone. I got one in my head. Oh, don't like that nigga. Knocking niggas off. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, there go Chihuahuas. I don't fuck with Chihuahuas no more. Yeah. It was a situation. I know they, shat, they had it on the uh, internet. It was a nigga that was, uh, I think it was on First 48. They was, they was talking to me like, they was like, you the shooter? He's like, nah, I didn't end up shooting. I didn't shoot nobody. Then the nigga was like, yeah, man, he was a good dude and shit. You know what I'm saying? He was like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. He was like, yeah, I know him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the, the nigga was his brother. And, like, and his other brother's the one I shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he said, what? Stupid ass. Nah. Like, yeah, that's the nigga. I, oh, nothing. He said, you said that. I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was saying you shot the nigga. <laughs> stupid. Wrong, What's coldest yeah. case you ever had where you're like, damn. Are you stupid, Coldest case? Uh, shit, man. Uh, 
It's it's been some cold ones, man. It's been some cold ones, and see the the coldest thing about them is that they end up getting themselves. There's these things called Perkins operations. Okay. Now Perkins operation, let's say you know we all, or let's say you three is charged with a crime, right? They only only you left the trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the strongest trail, but they got you. Yeah. So. Now, now they got uh, now that they got you, they gonna put you in the cell, and the nigga that's gonna be in the cell with you, he gonna be a real OG looking type nigga, like with face tats. He, he gonna know niggas from your hood and all that. Branded type nigga, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and so he gonna be talking to you, oh man, what they got you for? And this nigga got the same charge all the time. He always got a gun. So after this, they might change his charge. Right. They got me in here on a little bullshit gun. You know, I'm going to be out, you know. And they this nigga done been prepped on everything. So he's going to be, oh, what they got you for? Oh, for real? Man, shit. But you know, shit, you going to be straight. They probably ain't got nothing. Shit, nigga, what's this? The, the, shit, was it a big burner, little burner? <laughs> like, now, after this nigga that ingratiated himself to you and told you your big homies and all this, now it's like, man, I'm dealing with the matter. The, the, uh, the question was, man, out of all the niggas here, man, who who's the most solid ones? Or who's the least solid? Yeah. And niggas go around like, well, nigga, this nigga, this nigga. And now it's like, well, got him, got him. Wow. And then, and courts have ruled that since you don't know you're talking to an informant, there's no Brady violation. And Brady violation is when they question you without telling you yeah, your rights. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I've had that question come because in that moment you're nervous you're scared or if they don't have a snitch now back to you you three now y'all two get caught up they put y'all in the cell together right and it's like man shit these niggas man they got us bro and now that that, that's statement alone i had one case man uh, Hmm. it was like it was all about like my client's car was clearly the car in the video his phone was pinging off the towers, but he had got a bunch of calls coming to him. Um, he wasn't necessarily making calls or sending texts out, so that don't mean he was by his phone. It just means his phone was in his car. So the they put him in a cell with the other dude, and the dude is like, man. And the police interviewed the, the one dude. He younger. Uh, so the police interview him. And now he come back, he a little shook, like, man, they got this, they got that, such and such. And my client, the one statement they held on to get the conviction, he was like, man, the uh, I forget the word. You know, every gang got a little word that's for everything, the gerb or the jug or whatever right, right, it is. Right. He like, man, the jug was off, man. That was it. And that was what the jury held on to to say that he knew he was there right. because he knew the phones was off. And his phone wasn't even fucking off. So I was trying to point that out like yeah. you know he was saying that for their sake exactly, not yeah. not for his own but that's that's what they held on to and so right. it's it's those Perkins situations are the worst because it's it's kind of really no way around them whereas so nigga if you get arrested for anything and you go to jail and you got to talk nigga talk about the Lakers but how do you, feel, let, how do you <laughs> feel about about representing someone who you know is guilty well, guilt and guilt is something that's determined in the court of law, good yeah, brother. Nigga. So it's just because okay. you did it, yeah, nah, don't mean you guilty. Yeah. He ain't like right? that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 no, I'm just like your mother. <laughs> 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 I'm 
no, so <laughs> no, a couple of things because obviously you're, you're you're sharp at uh, knowing knowing the law. Yeah, thank you. But these niggas in the comments got your number, bro. A nigga said you built like Lego man. <laughs> Lego man. What would you do if you can get life. one of these people in court? Would you throw the book at him? <laughs> nah, man. You know, I'm, I'm all, I'm all supportive of a good joke. I, I, uh, Save yourself. Bro. That shit wasn't funny. Bro, it was, bro. Bro, it's it was, setting, bro. So, man, do you think? Hey, man, is, do you feel like social media has um took it over? Made you have to step your game up in a different way due to the um. Everybody on social media snitching and does it change to the way cases? You have oh, it, it definitely. Now. And now law enforcement units or uh, divisions, they all have social media teams. All they do is peruse social media and, oh, this gangster just dropped a new music video. Yeah. Well, let's Dumb save me. this music video. And now every nigga in the music video had one case like that, like, where they used the, his presence in the music video as proof he was really part of the gang. Mm. Like, nigga, he wouldn't. No, nah, they, and they had a gang expert who's just a cop. He ain't studied shit. He ain't yeah. wrote shit, but he an expert. Oh, well, yeah, these gang members, they don't let people in the videos who aren't really part of the gang. Oh, wow, that's I'm cool. like, nigga, that's here's his true. check. He was a streets paid extra. Yeah, streets but that's Yeah, no, that's, hey. And I wouldn't get it as a kid when I used to listen to like NWA talk about committing crimes. I'm like, ain't you supposed to not say that? Right. Like, I didn't get it, but now it's like, who gonna keep it the realest? Yeah. And now, you know, when the shit from when the pandemic first started, niggas started cracking the EDD and yeah. they had the whole song. Yeah. And then niggas got cracked. So. I got a question though. Yeah. I know every nigga wanna know this, cause it's a real lawyer. We got a real certified lawyer in front of us. You know what he's talking about. What is a real lawyer's top five rappers of all time? <laughs> well, I'm hella West Coast, so Talk about that. my top five. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Pac due to the influence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I'm gonna go with <clears throat> Kendrick due okay. to the the lyrical prowess. Okay, um, after that, I'm gonna go with Kanye. Because okay. you got to remember, when college dropout dropped, I was in college and wasn't no cool niggas that wasn't gangsters right, right, in right, the right. 90s. So here go finally a nigga that wasn't no, <laughs> wasn't no punk, but right. he wasn't no gangster either. So right, I right, got right. a representative in hip-hop now. Right, right, right. And right. he became the wealthiest nigga in hip-hop in, well, black America ever. So. Right. Um, then after that, I'm going to go with Quick. Um, because when I was away at school, his albums brought me home like nobody else's. Yeah. Day, day. And... Uh, Man, my last, which is tough because niggas were Hove and all of them, and I fuck with Hove and all of them, but man, this that's crazy. Somebody said too short by Idol. That's so fucking true. That's so fucking true. That's a That's so true. Nigga, about this. How you know, nigga? Nigga, that's crazy. Nah, but yeah, man, I was going to go there, and I got to uh, specially mention. um. Dom Kennedy, because out of all the rappers, we lived the, the most similar lifestyle, like that West Side fly yeah. shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's what we do. And Dom, you know, he's he, we went to the same elementary school. It ain't like, you know, we was 
hella cool back then because you know sixth graders don't be cool with third graders. Nah, nah, right, 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 <laughs> like right, right. that unless you family. But I, I remember them. Weird. So when I first, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> when I first seen them, I'm like, this the nigga that's on all these songs. And yeah. you know, we've had the occasion to to chat with the brother and and really kick it. And uh, you know, bro is is really about what he say. And because I've uh, in the recent years I've had you know more encounters with them. I've been able to really see like, damn, not only I already resonated with the music because the lifestyle he was living, Nipsey was close too, right. but I didn't gang bang. So right. the fly shit Nipsey talked about, yeah. he, he a West Side Fly nigga too. So all right. that, you know, uh, when, when the marathon came out, that was the last time I took the bar. Right. It was uh, All Star 2010 is when DJ Fats handed to me up at uh, Staples. And before that, I wasn't really in the net because he was so gang. It was gang banging right. more. But then I put the marathon in. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, the best position of my life, my future looking bright. Yeah. He's always on my mm -hmm. face. And I'm like, that was the first time I got Gucci glasses for, for All-Star <laughs> Weekend. I'm like, I'm just past the bar. It's the best position of my life. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. really speaking what I'm living. Scratch off. Yeah, yeah. Man. I need your top five, man. I know it's gonna be interesting. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, I, 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 what's your top five? Man, you know, uh, I always love, I love Ice Cube because he is the nucleus to NWA. Why don't Cube get enough respect when people bring up that list? I'm like, even not I, even uh, speaking on the list. If you just speak on um, NWA, they the greatest rap group of all times they even greater than the beatles because not necessarily for their music but if you think about the generation of entertainers that they started alone right. that went through their brand right. just between dr dre snoop dogg i mean dr dre ice cube and easy yeah that's great think about it yeah it wouldn't be no death row right. wouldn't be no suge knight wouldn't be no snoop wouldn't be no 50 it wouldn't be no right. m&ms oh, no bone, bone, thug. no bone thugs yeah. it wouldn't be no uh uh uh, uh Mike. It wouldn't be no uh Chris Tucker. Right. It wouldn't be no Cat Williams. Right. It wouldn't be no you know man, they, they started everybody and but West Coast as a whole don't get credit right for all the people that come out here and get it. Talking we can't go nowhere else and get it. Right. But they come out here and get it. Right. You know what I mean? And really don't give our proper homage. You know what I mean? To the OGs like Ice Cube and cats like that. It wouldn't be no Pac without the right. cats I named. You know what I mean? Right. And um, so, <clears throat> so we got Cube. Ooh. Cube. I got to go with Cube. You know what I mean? I love Snoop. You know what I mean? That's my dog. So I go with Cube. Snoop. Dog. You know, absolutely Pac. You know what I mean? And, um, and I love the game. You know. And, and definitely Jay-Z. I love Jay. Oh, cold. Man. That's right. Yeah, that's a yeah. cold, man. West that's Coast dope. list. What, we get yeah. one spot for niggas not from yeah. here. Yeah. You get one spot all you get. Fuck with y'all. Yeah. Fuck with y'all. So, I mean. the same way, though. Yeah. I hear the list, but one of y'all niggas had to be buying Marky Mark shit when he was cracking. The nigga sold millions of you bought snow shit. I bought in farmers. Nigga, bum bum down. Yeah, Marky Mark. That's crazy how white rappers always go back to being their name, but you know, black rappers got to keep their name. You know what I mean? I'm gonna give you a list. The reason I asked that because somebody put their list out today. So Justin Bieber put his list out, right? And, uh -huh. 
And it just it, it just made me think, right? So Justin Bieber's top five is Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is fire. Understood. Biggie Smalls. Fire. Smalls. Fire. Eminem. Fire. fire. Lyricism. Kanye. Mm -hmm. Drake. Right? That's, that's cool list. That's, that's cool list. Yeah. That's not a bad list at all. No. But in my opinion, popular rap is not the best rap. Yeah. No. You know what I'm saying? Like the reason Snoop is a legend or Jay-Z is a legend or any of them people that y'all name. It's because they it, lyrics. It, they lyrics, but they have an underground album that's fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like what is a, a Jay-Z without reasonable doubt? Come on, He's right. not Jay-Z. Right. That foundation is right. us. You feel what I'm saying? Um, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it was N.W.A. and all them cats without them them, them foundational albums. Right. Why? <clears throat> since the underground and 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 grassroots things are so impor important to our culture, how is it that we have such a reverence or esteem for things that are mainstream? You know what well, I'm saying? Well, it, it, because it is. It's because see, people in hip hop, the rappers and the artists in hip hop, did sell us out. But the ones that bought the culture sold us out. Mm -hmm. So they moved in all the designers. So what they realized, Hollywood got smart. They said, yo, we can marketing is so strong, we can almost delete the talent. Mm -hmm. If we focus on the marketing, we don't really need the talent. So right. they start selling the world frosting. Right. But when you go to a party, you get sick off the frosting. Right. Niggas come for the cake. Yeah. Right. So now with the with the you know, it's sad, like all real niggas kind of got to die to blow up. Right. You know what I mean? Rather it's Bernie, you know, Bernie Mac and, you know, the the um, Nipsey Hussles and, you know, the Robin Harris's and, you know, Pox and all these cats wasn't as big in life, you know, as they are in death. Right. So we don't, we don't really fuck with nothing real until it died. And we always want to, like I like me in the industry, I'm like, I'm like good cologne, you know. Right. Niggas don't really fuck with me. They just want to smell like they do. Right, right. <laughs> you, know, right. you know what I'm saying? You know, so but now with the with the with the Black Lives movement and everybody being woke, now all of a sudden that frosted <clears throat> shit ain't working. Now everybody wants something real because that's the only thing that really works. Yeah. And, okay. and we gotta remember like on that list, like I if Drake was was hard to 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 just take in as a serious person, but then when I went back and listened to that mixtape with successful on it, yeah, That's so I'm fire, like, yeah, so far I'm like, bro, I've never heard a song be, and I'm now you know everybody's now into manifesting, you know, right, right, manifest. manifestation, got to create, but man, that was a manifestation like I've never seen on right. earth, but it calls that yeah. manifestation if you really want to get deep. They took all that manifestation shit for Reverend Ike. <laughs> you know, right. I started watching Ike, Reverend yeah. Ike, bro. Ike, people that Reverend Ike got bars. Come on, man, he got bars. Yeah. Reverend Ike you got know? bars. Okay, too. I'm gonna wrap up the show, man. Two, one thing I want to point at, man, um, before we get out of here. Nas X is selling 666 pairs of Air Max shoes with real blood. Right. And they them. sold out. They gone. And they sold out, right? So here's the thing, man. He's a fake-ass Marilyn Manson, mm -hmm. right? He's an Afro Manson. Uh, this devil worship vampire uh, bullshit is for middle class white kids that normal white kids pick on. <laughs> Black folks do not fall into this trap of this yeah. devil vampire shit, man. What you got to realize is this. There's certain levels of spirituality, but on the basic level, um, white folks invented the concept of the devil as a scapegoat for their actions. Right. 
So now when I do you wrong, I don't have to say it was me. I can say it was the devil. Don't fall out of consciousness following behind little Nas X. You understand what I'm saying? The original concept of the, of the devil was a Hebrew concept, and it didn't mean a nigga with horns and a motherfucker up under the earth and all this hellfire bullshit right. that we go through now. It just literally meant opposition to. That's the first meaning of a devil is opposition to my progress. Right. It wasn't a physical thing or, or a spiritual thing. So, um, man, recognize the trap. Nas X, Nas X is on some bullshit. If you bought one of those pairs of Air Max, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, it, it's going to be a long road for you, man. Spend your money wisely. It's a black dollar. Find somebody who is conscious that is for you and spend your money with those people, man. Do not fall into these, into these uh, you know, propaganda traps and think because somebody is trying to be uh, you know, a provocateur and do something different that, um, you know, is somebody you can fuck with, man. If you like real art, you like real shit, find a real artist that stands for something. Nas X is a bullshit artist, you know what I'm saying? And I personally believe he's a government plant. He might be an FBI agent or somewhere along that line. But he definitely is not for us, man. So, uh, you know, we need we need positivity. We need peace. We need unity. We don't need nobody spreading the devil's motherfucking rhetoric what you know what i'm saying that's not what we need man so support other conscious black people spend your money right and spend your money wisely um i'm gonna start with dj show tell everybody where they can find you come all the way around and we're gonna wrap the show up yo what's good you already know what it is man this be your boy the real dj show um check it out man make sure y'all follow me uh on ig at the real dj show um come get your free music review um on fridays we got cocaine legendary I'm doing music reviews or review your music with, with, with me. So, The Real DJ Show. It's show. Let's get it. Uh, Instagram is B12World, letter, B, letter B12World. Uh, you want to sponsor the podcast, go to the website, thecraigsmith.com. Uh, click the bright yellow button. Uh, go ahead and put in the description exactly what you're looking for, whether it's Craig to do a comedy show, uh, host an event, or book the, com, uh, book the podcast on the road. Uh, thecraigsmith.com. Patreon is the same. Patreon.com slash thecraigsmith. And for the Monday episode, uh, we do do it for... Uh, upcoming artists uh, you can reach out to dj show myself or craig uh if you want to be highlighted on the, the monday show hey man it's your boy scrancho man the real scrancho on ig and anthony b scrancho on facebook and um check me out i'm in all of april i'm on tour i start my tour you know so i'll be in um and um i'll be in um texas from the third to the fourth over at uh in elgin texas then after that, from the 10th to the 11th, I'll be in Arizona. And then after that, I'm going to slide down to Denver. Then after that, I'm going to slide down to Philly. Then after that, I'll be in New York. And then and then after that, I'll be somewhere. So make sure y'all tap in at The Real Scruncho. Hit me in my IG. You know what I mean? I appreciate y'all. You know, on my mommy. Congratulations on your show, my nigga. Oh, appreciate Everything. it. Thank you, man. Yeah, man, I got to get you to defend me, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man just go slap somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's something to use this. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, once again, thanks for allowing me to come and uh, share this message. Uh, you can find me uh, Instagram, Lincoln Lawyer LA. Facebook, Jaye Person Lynn, J-A-A-Y-E-P-E-R-S-O-N hyphen L-Y-N-N. Um, uh, I'm on, uh, you can, for those on Clubhouse, uh, we moderate the sleep, I'm one of the moderators of the Sleepless in L.A. room. 
come on through and come check us out. And also on uh, my podcast, We Not For Sale, which is um, uh, uh, some brothers similar to this. Uh, we're definitely not as funny, um, <laughs> but we uh, it's, it's just about, you know, us blatantly stating our position as, you know, young black men and and being consistent in that that's what we not for sale about so once again thank you brother and uh everybody out there please man go to the cash app click whatever you can and uh if you were entertained by this drop a few ducats in the bucket straight up i appreciate that you chet 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 ibuqueno hey yo man chet uh shout out to the squad show and classic man for pulling up on us man (laughs) (laughs) you can be mean when you look this clean we wholeheartedly appreciate that (laughs) classic man Hey, that's a Nigerian song, though. <laughs> <laughs> Nigerian. Yeah, you know. Hey, yo, man, y'all know where to find me. Regular underscore D O Z, man. I love everybody, man. Yeah, man. That's a funny fucking shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, y'all know what it is, man. Mr. Duncan Penny Hughes on fucking Instagram. You ain't following me by now. You, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Who cares, though? Um, NerdGangClothing.com, man. We already own. I got a gang of motherfuckers hitting me up for uh, free shit. I got a whole website. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. Sapiosexual, you know what I'm saying? All right now, fuck with it. I got a uh, continuation of that. That shit called uh, Cocaine is a Hell of a Drug. I'm going to drop that out on uh, probably next week. Sapiosexual, that's a song or something? That's an album. My album. Oh, album. oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah. I have to listen to that. Oh, you gotta listen to it, man. You gotta listen to it. Uh, but uh, we gonna we gonna. I got that coming. It's just I'm saying some small snip out like eight songs, real quick. Whatever then go on the album. Uh, sounds.com. I got my fucking sound pack on there right now. Drums. That shit selling very well. Go fuck with that. And yeah, man. Che che che. Evil. Hold on. Anytime, fuck hey, out. Real quick, shout out to Francis and Ganu for uh, taking that belt. Oh man. yeah, that nigga, yeah, that nigga, yeah, dude, yeah. serve that boy, nigga. Man, shout out to my nigga Scruncho. Man, nobody said that not netter like that nigga said that not netter, not a netter, not a not netter, netter, nigga. Fuck out of here, bro. Say that in court one day. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you good. Appreciate y'all watching, man. Check out the website dcraigsmith.com. Uh, shit, man. I had a little delay on Chill Withers, man. It's gonna drop soon, man. But I had a little delay. Just a slight hiccup, but it's coming out. Um, also, man, uh, check out the Patreon. Um, I got some dope content I'm about to put on there, man. Support the cause. Um, look, if I owe you something, I'm not going to be able to give it to you. But if you want it, you can get it from God, nigga. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs>